live. Good morning, this is Brian Betts. We are here with Andy Littleton and Eric Seepin talking faith over breakfast. That's right. Yeah. We're, uh, and by here, we're in Tucson, Arizona. Tucson, Arizona. At Exo Breakfast. Yeah, at Exo Coffee. Exo Coffee. And the Southern Arizona Workspace behind Exo where they serve breakfast. Oh, that's and it's delicious. This is my first time here, so I'm still learning uh, the ways about Tucson. There's all these different little wonderful places uh, hidden and some more obvious that I've still never even been to. Yeah. So uh, Exo was one of the places I always wanted to go to, so I'm glad I finally came. Yeah, and this is definitely a, one of the more hidden spots, especially especially the workspace in back. You know, nobody, very few people realize you can come back here and have breakfast and kind of have a have an office all to yourself in a way and yeah just get get work done in a cool spot yeah, yeah I don't, how long have they had this like because i always thought it was just a little front thing yeah and it was um i mean under a year okay. for sure yeah i mean or, or near a year at this point but not not that long this is an addition to the the space up front they it's connected but also separate separate name separate function all that. so yeah, we're here, and uh, Brian, our Brian, our host, um, you know, walks in today. He's, um, you know, comes straight from work and announces that you know he got a ride because um, he fell asleep at the wheel last night and totaled his car. Yeah. So, and then here he is, ready to podcast, and we're still trying to wrap our minds around this. Oh no! Yeah, I work late night to early mornings, and it, halfway through my shift, probably the earlier half of the shift. I had to go pick something up in my car, and on my way back, I fell asleep at the wheel, blacked out, whatever it was, and I hit a curb awkwardly, and possibly something else I cannot remember at all. And maybe an animal. Yeah, right. In, yeah, <laughs> probably. No, hopefully not. I had to park right in front of the security forces building. Uh, thankfully, it was dark; nobody saw it. Uh, so I had to like let them know, like, hey, I have to keep my car here for a little bit. And then I went back to work, and I worked. And then I got a ride here, thankfully, and I was able to make it in time Man. Uh, for this podcast. And and so I'm thinking, I, folks, in the future, my voice will probably sound a little bit higher, a little bit less mature. <laughs> Today I've got a scratchy throat. I don't know. There's a lot of aller- allergy stuff going around. But I actually debated this morning when I woke up about not coming in. I thought... I'm just going to call Eric and Brian and tell them, hey, you know, you guys get to know each other, but I'm just not doing well. And then I show up and find out Brian, you know, like, was in a ditch and his car it's... is totaled and, and here he is. I mean, I think you're making it sound like it's now it's gone from like he's parking in front of a security <laughs> place that he's in a ditch. He rolled, over eight, rolled over eight times. <laughs> but my very, my very first car accident... I was actually hit by a bus on the interstate. Go, go, everyone was going 75, and then I hit a couple other cars, ended up on the opposite end of the intersection. What? Uh, someone was in front of me, and they started slowing down, for, and they were just kind of driving crazy, and I didn't feel safe behind them. So I went to switch lanes. I was clear. Blind spot was fine. They stopped and su- suddenly in front of me. So I did more to compensate and miss them, and I kind of hit the bus. Ooh. And spun all around, like I said, hit a couple cars, and 
that was like in the middle of the night on my way back from Phoenix to Tucson. And then I went to work and I worked all day that day. And they knew that I was in a car accident. They didn't yeah. know the details. And then they found out the details. And they, I was on bed rest for the week. <laughs> and uh, they, the doctor wanted to put me on a 30-day no standing for more than an hour waiver. But I distracted her and I did not take that. So this is becoming longer than I intended to. <laughs> but I, they had to brief the rest of work and say hey if you get hit by a bus don't come into work yeah so i've never been the reason someone had a safety brief so i felt really honored i feel like i need to say right now as far as on behalf of the faith over breakfast podcast which is a very big organization that um you know in the future if you get into a car accident you don't have to come in and podcast um but i would like to say that this shows that our new radio podcast host is like he's badass i mean i yeah. excuse my language oh. there for pastor but that's what i'm gonna say that's what he is I, our new host is awesome. I, don't, I don't i don't want to say <laughs> i'm not gonna confirm or deny that <laughs> uh you must work for the government <laughs> i'm an aircraft mechanic ah, there we go <laughs> That's mm. awesome. <laughs> I was thinking about it. I had a four-day weekend this past weekend. I was going crazy. Mm-hmm. And I went to bed at 6 on Friday and Saturday in the evening. Yeah. But it's not like I had a lot going on otherwise, like if I can keep busy. But I was just thinking about it. Like, I don't think I could ever retire. Yeah. If I'm not working, like, an official job, I'm never going to not work on something. So Yeah. Well, you have the podcast in your future, so we're, we're happy to have you. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. <laughs> Do you think you, either of you, would ever stop what you're doing or stop working? Um, I probably not. I mean, I, I think it would change. I'm already, I'm already recognizing a couple things. So I'm in my, you know, big bad mid thirties. Um, but I'm starting to need more sleep. Um, just uh, starting to not be able to push as hard as I used to push. I used to, yeah, really like I would to get something done, you know, stay up all night, stay up late, just whatever it took. And now I'm starting to think a little differently because I think, ah, my week, you know, that's going to affect the next three days if I try to do something like that. So I'm getting a little slowing down, but at the same time, I'm, I'm the type of guy that I keep having ideas and, you know, I getting involved and stuff. And I don't foresee that changing when I'm older. I think I'm just going to have to take it in small doses. I don't know. Eric? You're ready to retire now. Ah, uh, yeah, I know I'm ready to retire right now. No, I don't think a there's any retirement in the future for small church pastors in general. Yeah, um, I don't have a great retirement package unless I develop it, and I'm not paid a lot. You know, I'm usually until recently, you know, under the poverty level. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, retiring is not an option. But on the other end of it, I don't think I'd ever stop doing it until I just can't do it anymore. Yeah, or people tell me you have to stop. We just can't handle you anymore. But I think too, which could happen. Yeah, there's that doesn't mean there isn't like the moments where I'd like to just quit doing it because being a pastor, in particular in a, in a smaller church, you don't get to specialize, um, and so I don't get to like. I mean, I, I clean toilets and I also preach sermons and I also clean the building and I also I do a lot of different things alongside everybody else, and so. Um, Sometimes you think, man, I, I, I don't want to have all these switchings around. 
I, I, I'd like to just focus on this one thing and, and, and get better at this, you know. Yeah. And it's mostly cleaning toilets because that doesn't involve people. So you'd like to get a lot better at that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, the ones you, that you where people some things about people. Me. Yeah. I think the other thing is as there is a level of competition in a sense, not with other churches, but the competition with like with Netflix and Minecraft and all those kinds of things is you're competing for people's attention with a message. And yeah, it's an eternal message, but people are used to being entertained and when you you can't always be entertaining or even want to be entertaining, it, it's it's difficult. And I mean, Brian here, he came to my church once, and guess what? He ended up at your church, so I would say I lost the competition. So I love that we didn't know that we didn't realize that until right now. Yeah, I know. Or a little hey, bit ago. Well, to go far, I, had, I was committed to another church at the time, and I did love your church. So, But it was weird. It was so weird. Yeah. I couldn't even. And, no. Yeah, so th- this is something I wanted to talk about. Uh, first, I should say, if you heard a subtle crunch over the last couple minutes, um, that's because there was crunching, because I was eating, because um, this is Faith Over Breakfast. Faith Over Breakfast. And um, somehow, you know, Eric couldn't, he, he downed his food before before this happened. He was He's a hungry guy. He gets up early. You know, one of those workaholic pastor types waking up at five in the morning. Um, uh, Brian, you know, I don't know. He, he's had a traumatic morning. Um, day. Yeah, I didn't have even. an appetite. No. It was just too difficult. No, I I didn't know about that menu that you locked looked out of, and I didn't want to rush my decision, so uh, I'll probably get something later. Good. Uh, so. Well, you should, because the this was the savory breakfast sandwich from XO, and it was super good, and it was on barrio bread, and it was tasty, and uh, and it was awesome, and it came with some orange slices. I'm probably going to get it next, actually, yeah. after we're done. That's a good call. That's, That's a very, very good call. So, but from there, so so you visited you visited the village. So yes. Eric, Eric's church is called the Village. Um, it you know somebody some guy started a church um, called the Village. His name's Matt Chandler, and he obviously didn't know the village had already been taken um, here in Tucson, Arizona. How long ago did you guys start the village? Uh, Two thousand one. Two thousand one. So. Year I graduated high school. Wow. Yeah. Um, I, I try not to talk about that <laughs> on this podcast. <laughs> You guys are old. Um, so the yeah, Eric um, and and his co-pastor Rod started the village um, in two thousand one, and uh, and our church is called Mission Church. Um, it's I'm I'm one of the pastors at Mission Church, so we're, we're representing two churches here in Tucson, and um, and so there is something in common about them is that you walk in and it's not quite just your average Sunday morning like what you grew up with church, and it's on a spectrum, but. But, you know, tell us about you, Brian, you've been to both. You're now the subject of this whole podcast, by the way. You thought you were just going to pitch in. Um, but, yeah, you tell us briefly about, yeah, like, what's what's the same, you know, what, what were you just like, yeah, yeah, that's church. And then a couple things that you went, that's different. Growing up in the church, I've experienced so many different churches. And while the village church, Eric Seepin's church, is probably more unconventional uh-huh. yes I've oh, we're just going to pause for that train that comes on by in our <laughs> podcast I was just waiting to... yeah. I was just immediately going to just jump that, right in that train graphic that I just cut in there means that Brian's about to make a very valid point <laughs> <laughs> the train's coming 
I'm surprised that we don't make put that in in every single comment I make, but it's fair. Yeah, yeah. it's fair. No, uh, I feel like I grew up in a four square church initially when I was younger, like as a kid, and, yeah. and it was kind of very, very similar. Uh, my parents were the worship leaders for it at the time, and I really loved that church. It was uh, there's more young people at your church than uh, the four square church, but I started going later in life to a church that was more like Andy Littleton's, uh, the Mission Church. So, and I've been to so many different, when I went to, I lived in Alabama for a short time as well, so I've just visited a lot of different churches. I, I'm really thankful that I've been able to. So, I've been able to really see the value of it. I've, I learned really quickly uh, that when I was going to like a mega church, that one of the things that was said that we're not your grandpa's church uh, right. and I was really taken aback it really kind of didn't sit well with me yeah. like as if that didn't have value mm. because it was their, their grandpa's church yeah uh, while God is still able to impact just as much in that church as the young people's church hypothetically yeah so I'm really thankful that there are so many different kinds of churches and uh, the f- church that I was committed to at the time when I had visited yours I it, it's very more the conventional church and I loved your church but I didn't want to stray away from that so I apologize but <laughs> well, you don't have to explain yourself yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> but So what was the question, really quick? Well, so some, <laughs> well he was—he so, was really afraid of not to offend yeah, me. Yeah, so I know. He was really uh, he was being careful. The train his, yeah, came by yeah, and all that stuff. Sure. But so I if wanted he wants to, to look, keep the hosting job, <laughs> right? I think he does. Yeah, yeah okay. and if this is my first time, you know. No, but I—I I really just, more importantly, just wanted to say that, like, there is value in all these different yeah. churches. Sure. And some people feel just more at home and more connected into these different churches yeah i couldn't i couldn't agree more and and i've become convinced especially over the last few years of church planting that we need just a variety of unique churches because because there's so many types of people with all of their little their quirks and and needs and hopes and and you know the church whatever church they find isn't going to meet them all but at least like you could take down a couple walls for folks and we thought about that when we started mission is we thought we thought very specifically about groups of people in in our city that we didn't see in the church and we kind of asked questions about you know what what would they like that you know not not that we want to cater our message or change who we say god is or anything like that but what are just some things that make them feel at home or what are some things that they would connect with well and so we thought about some of the local businesses where we saw those people, and we, we said, let's go learn from them. Let's think about the way that they present their leadership. So one of the ones is, you know, Trader Joe's was, was one. That's not a local business, but it's one that we saw that the people in our community who we wanted to reach love Trader Joe's. And we saw that within there, the, the leaders, they, they look just like everybody else. And that's, you know, a key factor is kind of the servant leadership idea at Trader Joe's. And so, you know, if you're interacting with the manager of the store, they look just like the person checking you out at the register or picking up the cards. They don't look different. They don't act different. They don't talk different, um, even though they might have greater responsibility. And so we learned something from that. And then we 
we looked at some, one of our local bookstores and a couple of our local coffee shops and saw that they let, you know, kids kind of run around a little bit. It wasn't quite as structured and, like, stick the kids over there. And so we said, let's be a little more, like, a little more freeform with some of that. And then we, we just saw, like, you know, we Tucson's been rated really high on, like, you know, just the food. Like, we, we have great food and people love to eat. And so we thought, hey, we should... Um, we should make great dinner and we should just have, have food and, and eat together every week. So we didn't go out trying to be the, the anti-church, which we were deemed recently by a friend of yours, I should say. Um, yeah, but, uh, but we did think about some, some things that we just said, Hey, what can we do to make people feel at home? Um, and really minister to them well. And then what about the village, Eric, you guys describe yourself. Like if, if you were to say like, what, what sets the village apart or a few things? Well, I think there are a couple of things. I mean, obviously we're older, a lot older than Mission Church. We started in 2001. Yeah. And I would have to say, at some level, we did set out in the beginning to be anti-church. But part of that, like you, Brian, I grew up in the church and found that the people that were my friends, they didn't go to church. They weren't followers of Jesus. And they weren't coming to the almost mega church I was going to. It was about 1,000 people. Um, and I was working in college and singles ministry and it it just everything about that church and my experience in church did not fit the culture and so we did set out at some level to do that but on the other hand we also set out to be relatively authentic in the sense of Rod and I created a church that I would like to go to yeah I mean I think a lot of that had to it has to do with when you're planting a church you need to be comfortable with what you're offering but also to try to move away from this idea that we have a mission we got to create a mission statement like Jesus gave us a mission every church has the exact same mission it's the great commission we're supposed to make disciples and we're supposed to go we've got that so there has to be a set of values and as we tried to have a create a church that was built on a value system so that it's external things could change you know, if community is a value, it doesn't necessarily matter how it represents itself as long as it's authentic to the community that's there together. Um, so you don't have your your doctrinal structure is going to have to be a little bit more loose because when you have a, a bigger, stronger doctrinal structure, um, you end up really controlling a lot of the aspects of how things are done and presented and. Um, you'd be surprised how much doctrine affects philosophy. And so you got to be careful if you're going to be inclusive, which is, is difficult. Um, and, and there are a lot of issues that I suspect we'll get into in this podcast as to how you de- how uncomfortable you become in, in, the, in these churches like, like Mission Church and the Village. Um, I think some of the things when people walk in that they oh, this is different is we've got couches. Yeah. Our entire church mm-hmm. is centered around our kitchen and what we call the living room. We write our own music, which is, you know, it just it's different kind of music. It's probably, <laughs> you'd hear it more maybe in the early, you know, or late 70s punk scene <laughs> or a little bit of folk. But it doesn't have any of that, a lot of the worship rhythm to it. So some people really like it because they're used to it, and other people are, um, it, it's just abrasive and... and it's hard for them so yeah yeah. and you've had people I I remember Rod telling me people that have come to the church and just said 
would you please do other music or we or we would we love it if the music were different and yeah. you guys have just said no well we, yeah <laughs> and we say like you, you know there are plenty of churches who yeah. offer all of what you want there I mean we're like the one who doesn't and so we're just willing to die on that not because we think everybody else is, is bad we, we use other communities worship music but it's usually communities that are producing their own locally I think there's a strong value in just the local expression um, so we're willing to sacrifice actually some good music for that yeah um, so yeah yeah and then um, and then the other thing that that Eric and I both get is just just when we're out and about you know I, I get it all the time where people will be surprised that I'm a pastor um, and so yeah I mean, first of all Brian hey um, are you surprised that we're pastors at all if you were just to meet us, if you were just to walk into walk into this coffee shop, um, would you would you look at us at the table and go, ah, the pastors? From, <laughs> I would say Christian. If I implemented like in terms of a Christian culture perspective, right. And growing up in the church, no, right. But. Just me personally, yes, but that's just because of my experiences. Because you've had but, a wide variety of church experience, which is yeah, which I, I actually relate to that. I have too, but then a lot of people we we bump into, it's like, no, we've been to two churches our whole life, and, and they look like this. Yeah, yeah, and it's not Eric and I are not nuts. We're not crazy people. No, not, but I will know. tell you that I recently went <laughs> to uh, lunch with one of the guys from our church who's a stockbroker. And, you know, he's in a three-piece suit. Yeah. And I think it was one of my worst days. And my hair's sticking out everywhere. And I got a bandana <laughs> on. And I threw a T-shirt and shorts on. And I thought, man, if somebody walked by and said, who's the pastor? And they'd be like, oh, that <laughs> guy in the suit. He must have picked that guy up off the street. <laughs> so there is a little bit of that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I like, I actually honestly love that. I mean, I think, so for me, um, I've got a... I have a business as well and, you know, work with a couple other guys. And so, you know, a lot of people meet me in that context of, you know, working on the build out of the restaurant or, or the dining table in their house or whatever. And so, you know, we have that, that rapport, that interaction. And then, um, so when I'm out and about in the community, you know, it really is all, all entangled. Like one, I could be meeting with somebody to talk about their walk with Jesus. And then about 30 minutes later, I'm giving somebody a quote, you know, on, on uh, redoing their wall, um, so it. I love. I actually love that tension because it. I don't know. I. I often did feel like I could. Like I loved. I loved a lot of my pastors growing up, you know. But when they walked into a room, there was kind of a uh, someone different has arrived, you know. And I love. I love being able to interact without that wall going up and without that barrier. Um, and that's not super intentional. I mean, I'm just kind of just kind of what I do. But I, I've enjoyed, you know, when people have said, I don't know, there's something about it when they go, oh, you're a pastor. But that's not, it's not like, oh, shoot, you know, you're a pastor. Like, <laughs> oh, no, I'm so ashamed. But it's just more of a, oh, oh, sweet. You know, I didn't didn't realize that, didn't expect it. And then um, we were joking, we tested this podcast before in a really loud environment. Right? Yes, we've tested a couple times. A couple times. But um, Eric, you know, what... what you were saying something kind of like you just said like you tend <laughs> I think the first time you said people tend to think you're on drugs <laughs> yeah yeah well when I was well it was easy not to bring that up or anything <laughs> no but like when I was down in this part of town our church was actually we're, we were up on 
Fourth Avenue for yeah. a long time in yeah. the YMCA, the Muse, the old YMCA building before they knocked it down for all of the condos and everything. Yeah. So I would just walk the streets. And I guarantee you, I could walk up and down Fourth Avenue. I don't know how many times people ask me, do I have this? Do I have cigarettes? <laughs> do I have, you know, a little marijuana? Can I have it? I mean, they didn't say it that way, but that's what they were asking for. Because um, I just look them, like a guy who like, does that. You were like, weed and coke have I none, but yes. that which I have, give I thee. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you just, and you broke would, into a real pastor moment, right? Unfortunately, <laughs> I'm not as cool as you, but I just pop down and chat. <laughs> I don't have that much Jesus going for me. Yeah, neither do I. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I always get this. <laughs> oh, you do woodworking. <laughs> so Christ-like. <laughs> wow, yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah. So there's... Definitely. There's that. Yeah. Well, I, you know, and I love it. I mean, I... I, I love that... Uh, I don't know. I just, I just love the fact that you know, you're out and about in the community and that, you know, I've bumped into you so many times in the past at coffee shops. I mean, I remember one time I looked over and you were just breaking on a board game at a coffee shop with some folks from your church. Yep. And that's, that's awesome. And I love that it's, that your, your activity when you're out and about with people isn't like, it's, it's not like you're on this, you know, discipleship mission in, in which you're bringing pamphlets and you're dressed your best and you're trying to you know, sell them something, but you're just, you're spending time, you know, and you're, you're a friend, um, and you're a neighbor and you're a board game maker. I am. I have one uh, published board game. I I forget that because nobody's bought it, but yeah. Well, Hey, pump it on the podcast. What? Um, uh, yeah, it's, well, I'll pump it on a different podcast. Maybe we can have an entire podcast about my board game. Okay. That'll, be, yeah, that'll yeah. give us something to do. That'd be, <laughs> next week, next week. That would be excellent. Yeah. Um, does the board game, is it ever a sermon illustration? Do you ever, like... When I first published it, I would <laughs> just pause my sermons and do, like, public service announcements <laughs> for my <laughs> board game. Because, you know, yeah. I'm sure that there's probably some illegal part about that, promoting your... But, but nice. it, it took me nine years to develop, so I figured it's a big deal. Yeah, it's, it's like a. And does and aren't there people like, uh, like members of the church community are like part of the game? Uh, yes. So when you order the game, it comes with seven characters. Yeah. Um, and I changed the rules. We have a chaplain, and I changed the rules to include a chaplain in the context of the game. Yeah. Um, but yes, you can buy an expansion pack, which has about. Nice. 50 of the people in our community really? that you can <laughs> be if you want. <laughs> Man, with uh, with 3D printing, you should you should add for another $100, they can just put themselves in the game. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And then I could really make the... That's right. <laughs> and then you'll be above the poverty level. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. Oh, man. I don't even know what we were talking about anymore. We were talking about... Uh, yeah, just being pastors that don't look like pastors, Brian. One of the things that I wanted to uh, add then ask, uh, something that I love about both of your churches is, and you talked about kind of like free form, just the freedom that there is yeah. just to be yourself uh, in those places. And I was curious if there's a temptation to be unique and individualistic for the sake of being that or just trying to 
not get wrapped up in like being so unique and so separate and different from other churches. And I never had this thought when I was at either of your churches either. I've never felt that yeah. way when I was there or interacting with either of you. But I was wondering if that there's ever been that temptation. Yeah, and I don't think I mean really on honestly like uh, neither of our churches are that crazy. I mean they're no, they're speak not for you. So. Yeah, <laughs> mine's <laughs> but, crazy. <laughs> but but in many ways, I mean it's like even even some of the stuff that you know looks different is I mean it's a very ancient practice, just packaged just a little bit different. And, it, and you know, in a lot of the churches that people grew up used to, that was a repackaging of an ancient practice that, but they just happened to grow up with it. So. So I don't I don't feel like either of us are that that wild. I mean I think both churches have been really thoughtful and intentional and actually we're both pretty liturgical if you really get down to it. And yeah, we true. and we're, you know, thought through so it's not like we're just going out there just trying to like promote ourselves to the world. I mean we've we've thought hard about how we are gonna do things and the, even the things that are different, why they are and, and what the point is. But in all that yeah, I mean, there's always a there's always a temptation, I and mean, there's also a temptation to be doctrinal for just the sake of being doctrinal, or you know, or being like charismatic for the sake of being charismatic. And so, if we were going to be like individual, or if we really wanted to like run with the the anti church or the hippie church, or like we could do that just to be noticed and seen, rather than for like actually loving the people in our community. And um, I think that temptation is always there, no matter what you're bent. Um, and so, you know, I, I do sense it sometimes where I want people to have a certain impression of the church. And that depends, like, because I'm all over the place. So my heart's such a mess that, you know, one person wants the church to be this way. All of a sudden, I want it to be that way for them. And then somebody else wants it to be another way. And all of a sudden, I want it to be that way for them. And, and I have to step back and go, wait, okay, God, is this me walking with you or is this me wanting people to like my church and that's sad and yeah. kind of repent of that so, mm. I don't know well, I don't know if I, I <laughs> could claim to be as holy as you Andy <laughs> when it comes to those things but no because I think at some level maybe when you are a prophetic church and I don't mean in a sense of offering prophecy but in you, when you have a form of critique uh-huh. on existing church there is a yeah. You are also trying to demonstrate what you think things should look like, and so there is an element of separateness from the body itself, and so you you find yourself, and a lot of people in my community find themselves. Uh, it's difficult to interact with the Christian culture, or they feel a tension with the Christian culture and um, because there is a strong critique in the community of what's happening in the culture. Right. Um, so, and, and as we've grown and my church is about, I'd say with kids and everything around 110, 120 people, like as we've grown, there are people who really like, for instance, love the shack. I think the shack was a great movie and there, and there are other people who have just find it as one of the worst things that Christian culture has ever produced and and just find it really bad. I think I had one experience that really helped me understand things was when we were here downtown, um, there was a young woman who went to our church and I was just, she walked up while I was talking about the purpose-driven life to somebody else and I was 
in, in my great you know awesomeness bashing the book is to its value. Someone asked you for a cigarette, and you said, "Let me tell you about the purpose of church." Church, yeah, it was something like that. <laughs> and, and this is this will give you the context of my church at the time. She said, "Oh, no, that's a great book. I broke into a car and stole that and became a Christian." Whoa. And I and I have that moment of like, okay, yes, there may be some things yeah. that I have that I disagree with in that book, or the way it kind of <laughs> contributes to the larger culture. Right. But God is very powerful and he uses anything and you should shut up Eric and that was a real, I mean, it was early on in my ministry but it was very like I don't forget that because I felt like God was saying yeah I am was tempted to be unique for the sake of being unique and be kind of antagonistic for maybe more the sake of being antagonistic than helpful to the larger community of God so yeah, yeah that's how I'd answer that question hey, that's I don't know why you'd say you're less holy than me. Well, I had to have I'd have I had to have the holiness kind of scraped into me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm my church has barely begun, <laughs> so I'm sure that's going to happen. Um, yeah, it's funny. I uh, an extended family member, um, you know, sister-in-law's brother, um, is planning a church in the Boston area, and so he's and he's smart sharp guy um and he's a he's in a pretty one of the more traditional uh denominations but trying to do kind of a you know a ministry with with bostonians and people who are you know skeptical so this guy came became a great big part of the church and he learned he'd come to christ you know before coming to the church and had felt very like convinced he should go to church and so he he was learning the story and found out it was through joel osteen and so then here, you know, here's this guy, and he goes, you know, I owe this guy coming to my church you know, to Joel Osteen, who told him he should go to a church, and and he showed up at mine, and so it's it's funny how we can, you know, think that wow, we're doing this unconventional thing, and actually it turns out, you know, Joel Osteen sent him up to us anyway, or Rick Warren. Thanks, Joel. <laughs> Thanks, Rick. <laughs> That's crazy. So you know, it's. But, but there, yeah, I'm sure there's, like, that temptation comes and goes, for sure. And um, But I, I I assume, I mean, I don't know, have there been, like, seasons at the village that you, I mean, because it sounds like, by seasons, I, that could be an over-spiritualized word. I, I apologize. We're, we're trying not to do that. But, um, <laughs> but the, like, so you were more antagonistic, and then as you, like, as time went on, the community built, like, where you've kind of been, like, a little more... Because you guys have diversified, right? You've got more older folks now than you used to. And, and yeah, I mean, I, the average age is still... It's about 29 to 30. Yeah. But um, we're definitely more young families. I always joke, because people come into our church, and if you would come in the first five years or six years, you probably would have seen, you know, half the church with tattoos. Right. Now, if you yeah. come in, it's really hard to find the tattoos. But if you go swimming, oh, you find they, all the tattoos. Because it's interesting, as they've gotten older, they dress in a way that covers a lot uh-huh. of their tattoos. Whereas before, you... you and, and I think it's just been a natural transition. Or kind of the people who have come, they where they put their tattoos, is, they hide them. They're more subtle. Which I think, I mean, there's a lot going on there. But I think it's an interesting... <laughs> kind of way yeah. we've just changed as a culture in our community and 
Yeah, we're the tattoo church now. So. You are. <laughs> Some of yeah. us by uh, not Brian and I. No, well, I never had. No, I don't have any. Yeah, I was gonna. Say, I don't know if I ever will. I I'm not opposed to them. I think they're awesome. But yeah, yeah, I'm in the same yeah. boat. I don't have any. I don't. Like, will you merge, which is uh, uh, yeah. with another church, which is something that we'll probably talk we about in this podcast. Yeah, for sure. But it was definitely the tattoo church that you merged with, right? We, yeah. I, mean, I think we, there were more tattoos in that church than in... Oh, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I think especially, like, in our within our core team, I don't think there were... Yeah, the, like, the core leaders, there were zero tattoos. And that was... Um, with the church we merged with, that was actually, you know... Yeah, that was a prerequisite to, to leadership. It was to have, <laughs> have a tattoo. A tattoo. <laughs> yeah. Well, you were not. 25 yeah. or 25 something. tattoos. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So to cover up those tattoos, like, someday, that means our half our church is going to wear full body suits. Yeah. Just, like, a, adult jammies. <laughs> well, when, when one of somebody in your church wears those rompers, the, the guy, <laughs> then I'm going to, I'm really... So, yeah, did you see that worship leader romper? Yes. Yes. Was that Babylon B? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It could happen. It could, could happen. happen, yeah. Mike. He's Mike Brittany, a stylish they might, guy. They might wear rompers, matching rompers together. Yeah. In get, fact, we can have them on the podcast, and I'll bring my Mevo camera if they'll wear the... the you just want to bring your camera. I do. I just want to bring the camera. It's a pretty sweet camera. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and the, and the great thing is, between uh, Eric's, you know, a lot older than me but but technology wise i don't even know how to work i own the microphone we're podcasting on i didn't know how to work it eric's got all kinds of gadgets cameras and flying i don't know what drones do you have any drones no i have one on my amazon wish list but uh, <laughs> of course you do. i have one too I yeah one too. you have a drone no no i uh, have on the wish one list. on my yeah wish i don't list. i don't even have an amazon wish list <laughs> That's how weird I see. So you're actually alternative to me, which is a little <laughs> like you're setting that yourself was, apart. I've, I didn't want to mention that, but we had a conversation at our church about how to how to be the alternative to the village, <laughs> <laughs> and that's actually why they brought me on. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. That's why uh, Brian's there and a few other people from my church who found the mission church better. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> We've talked about all this. <laughs> to be fair, I live probably almost within walking distance, depending on like the average uh, commitment of a person. But I live so close to the mission. I, I live just right around the corner. So that's uh, now, that you changes moving, everything. Right? Yeah, yeah, we're moving to yeah. <laughs> somewhere in Ajo. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're going to the to the yeah Sarita basically. So, what times are you church? No I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think if Brian stays as, as the host, we're just he's going to get teased a lot <clears throat> for happen. not going to my church. That's yeah, okay. That's all right. Well, um, hey, let's call it a wrap. I think that was, uh, that was that's there you go. That's who that's who we are. You'll hear more from us. We have a whole long list of stuff. Um, yeah, I'm excited to talk about war with Eric, especially. He's he wants to delay that podcast. I want to do. do it. I want to do it now. <laughs> um, yeah, there's all sorts of. Re- we want to talk more about merging churches. We want to talk about a lot of stuff. And yeah, we want to bring some guests on, guests. bring some musicians yeah. from our church to talk. Yeah, talk maybe about give, do some jams. Yeah. 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 Board games. Board games. Board games. Yeah. One, yeah, one of our podcasts, we'll just, we're just going to silently play a board game the whole time. That would be pretty fun. With an Evo camera, and you can listen to it. Or we could just commentate on the game while we play. would <laughs> <laughs> be great. All right, well, thanks for tuning in. Brian, thanks for uh, coming, despite all your 
I hope your car's okay. I hope you're okay. Oh, Where's, I'm oh, I'm fine. I'm, fi- okay. I'm more concerned about the car. Yeah. So, yeah, well, yeah. What's the plan now to get to the car? We might as well put this on the podcast. Uh, yeah. Well, first I'm going Do to you need a ride. Uh, I was like, I was going to take the bus because I don't want to impose. But I will. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. The plan will be to repair my bike, which is broken uh, <laughs> for a tire as well, uh, or the wheel itself. So I will fix that, and I will use that to transit to base. Okay. And then today, possibly, if uh, I'll probably focus on sleeping since I did not do that <laughs> yesterday, uh, or tomorrow. I will be focused on figuring out what needs to happen with my car in terms of getting it from where it is and to whether the auto hobby shop on base or the Firestone, uh, whoever will fix my car for the cheapest, if they can fix my car. Yeah. So Wow. Well, to the thousands of you listening out there, you know, please call your local Firestone and tell them to fix Brian's car. Um, and, uh, yeah, we'll see you next time. Yeah, thanks. Thanks so much.